Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. Hi there, it's Anna. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I swear to God, we are getting so close to it changing and it is just getting more exciting by the second, for me anyway. And for you, because I'm giving you another treat an old interview I did with somebody who has gone on to become a sensation because because I know how to pick them. Um, Georgia Hardstark. Do you know who she is? She's the co-host of My Favorite Murder, which is probably the biggest podcasting sensation in the world. She hosts it with Karen Kilgariff. She is so adorable. I was obsessed with her back when she had this podcast called Allie and Georgia's Slumber Party. If only I got paid money to predict who would be huge. If anyone wants to hire me for that, that's great. Anyway, so even though this interview was done years ago and the podcast had it was six names ago for all I remember, um, this is still relevant. And it is with Georgia Hardstark, the co-host of My Favorite Murder. Um, so please enjoy this. And I swear to God, next week, it's the new podcast. Mm-hmm. All new. Get excited now. Give it up for Georgia. But yeah, so I told you, I became so obsessed with your podcast that it, was, it wasn't it was healthy. Oh my you know, God. I do get like that a little bit about podcasts. Oh, that's all I do is like find a podcast I love, listen to every episode until I can't stand the people anymore. Yeah. And I never reached that saturation point because I stopped. Like I, yeah. I kind of legitimately, it was time to move on because <laughs> I was beginning to think I was, you know, the, the fourth person in the room. Yeah. You know? I love that. That the fact that we can do that somehow, I don't know how, is like fucking awesome so yeah you got me to Malibu and back which Holy is a shit. Trap I day. am honored I like the, the amount of like people that have got me places yeah on podcasts like that's all I listen to is podcasts and audiobooks I don't even listen to music anymore I know I go back and forth and that's the only reason I'm not listening right now is I got back on a music kick I oh don't nice know yeah but yeah it's like so I told you I, I discovered you guys because <laughs> I happened to be in the bar in New York so the weird. night the New York Times was doing a style story on you. That was 2009. Yeah, no, let's not get depressing Okay, okay, here. yeah, no, I so will. So quickly, we'll get to right, the depressing okay. parts. That but, yeah. night, we flew to New York. To do the story? Yeah, and we didn't have to, but we were just so gung-ho. Yeah, on, like, of course. Making this little opportunity we had work. It's so not a little opportunity. I know. By the way, that's huge. Yeah, so we... Like, we're there. We were there for that. Yeah. So glamorous. Just flew in <laughs> yeah. for this style But story. we're broke as fuck, and we both have, like, day jobs and stuff. And oh, I that's... lied to them that we were sick. Sorry, I had allergies. Oh, that's hilarious. So, yeah. So, yeah, I was there, and I was like, who are these women that you're writing? I was talking to... I was introduced to the writer, and he said, I wrote for the New York Times, and I was like, oh, that's yeah. important and impressive. And he said, I'm actually here with these two women, and he, you know, I'm doing a story on them. They have this, this cooking show, and it's this huge... Huge hit and oh my um, god! And so yeah, and so then I discovered you, and then what I saw you do storytelling. Oh yeah, where? So I was. Re- I used to have that show, as you know. I know. I wanted to do your show so and bad. I wanted you to right so when bad. we were ending it. I think is when I was. Like, yeah, Please. I know. I know. And so. And because you're friends with Allison. Oh, I've heard her episode on your oh, yeah, podcast Oh, yeah. I've been booking her for years. Yeah. I never knew it was pronounced Augusti till I heard it on your podcast. Really? Yeah. So <laughs> like, why didn't she correct Augusti. me? What did you say? Augusti. Augusti. That's spelled. That's, that's close enough, though. That's not like... I'm a, like a freak for pronunciation. I appreciate that because my last name, it's spelled how it's hard, stark. Yeah. Two totally normal words. No one ever fucking gets it right. What hard they... stack all the time. That's that. I mean, I was gonna say that's crazy, but I almost could see myself doing I it. I see it and I get it, and I don't. It's fine, yeah. but it's like the the fact that it's just two words. Yeah, kind of drives me crazy. Two syllables. Two. Yeah. Yeah. Simple enough. Yeah. Whatever. Um, and then Allie has that weird spelling of her name, mm-hmm. which I'm obsessed with spellings too. Oh, okay. Like I have a friend named um, Seamus, 
And I always say CMUS because I'm picturing it. S-E-A-M-U-S? Yes. That's so weird. You know what I can't stand? Wait, what's the name that that drives me crazy that I'm like, that's not, that's not fair. You can't do that. Oh, Siobhan. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. No, you're not allowed to do that. It's, can you spell that That's word? It. Well, I can now because I met a girl and I wanted to call, I was like, so how do you spell, how do you pronounce your name? Yeah. Or like, how do you spell it? written. And it's, yeah. Sh- it's, what is it? It's, it? I think it's S-I-O-B-H-A-N. Nope. No, no. I know. No. Illegal. That's not your, that's not, a, that's not how you spell your name. No, it's so, crazy. it's good. Irish, or but still. Sure, fine. You know. That's so funny, that's exactly it. No, because it's enraging and confusing. Um, but so, so yeah, okay, so then, then I, I wonder how I discovered your podcast. It wasn't because I was, like, looking for some specific guest. I just, you know, every now and then we'll get adventurous Mm -hmm. with it. And then, and it truly is, I emailed you this, but it truly is the only podcast where women are talking about, and they're not being men-ish, and they're and you're being real and not talking about feminism, but actually, because that bugs me, frankly. Yeah. But actually, being exactly what that is, which is like independent yet sexy, smart, not trying to be smart women. I appreciate. You know, it's funny because you know we do all these we do cooking channel stuff and we do all these things where we have to be a certain way, kind of. You know, we're yeah. ourselves, but yeah. we're you know, an edited version. Yeah. So we started doing the podcast and it's so much fun because it's exactly who we are and exactly the way we talk. And so I like that that's what comes across because it's totally not what we're, but it's nice to know that, you know. Yeah, it really, it really is true. And I, I feel like, and I don't, I get why women can be like this, but women who are trying to sound intelligent um, and, and intellectual mm-hmm. is a real turnoff because it's really apparent. Yeah. And it's, it's like alienating because you can't, you can't like, you can't um, identify with the person at all. Yeah. It's not who they are, and it's clear. Yeah. I love a girl who will just freak out for no reason, and, like, this, she's like, excited about stupid shit, and, like, be genuine about it. Yeah. And not, like, try to be a certain way, and... Yeah. Or be, like, you know, closed off. Like, anytime I meet someone, I'm just going to be the most open, kind person I am until they turn out... To, if they turn out to be shitty, then fine, then I'll stop doing that. But. Right, right. I know. I just think people either have that or they don't. Yeah. And it's completely just how you were raised. Well, we're, yeah, that's true. I was raised by a single mom who was a total badass, so. Yeah. That makes sense, yeah. Okay, let's go back to the beginning then. Okay. So where, where was the single badass mom? <sighs> oh, I have this thing. Okay, well, hmm, okay. Oh, because I will confess one thing. Yeah. I do find your voices pretty similar. Oh, yeah. And so I do, I have definitely had trouble tracking who's into what. I've wondered that. It, to me, but I'm, no, I think I'm not great at that. I think it is, and the, we hang out all the time. So you talk similarly. Yeah. But, not, I mean, I, I've now gotten that that you stress about having to take care of your parents. No, Allie does. That's Allie. Yes. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah, that's so funny. And I know parents. she's into the bugs. Yes. Allie's the buggy science girl. Wow, okay. And what am I? I and then I'm the other one. I really <laughs> thought that was you. That's you so know, funny. I was picturing you. Wow. No, she, um, yeah, her parents are sick. And so she's always taking, having to take care of them. And you, but you, okay, you were engaged for a while. Yes. Talked about it on the podcast. Okay, that was. I was totally engaged. Yeah. And okay. she, yes. Okay, good. Um, okay, so this single badass mom. Yes. We, uh, so my whole family's from LA, but my parents decided to move to fucking Orange County when mm. I was born. So I had. Sorry about that. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that. Uh, yeah, I was raised in Orange County, in Irvine, which is like the yuppiest, you know, waspiest part of Orange County. Oh, I didn't know that was true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So being a single mom there was like not a thing. Mm-hmm. So that was what she had to contend with. And brothers and sisters? Older brother, older sister, mm-hmm. but really close in age. I was a surprise. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, and, you know, they're the coolest people now, but... Yeah, they we weren't had, then? No, they were... We just had such a... You know, we were so close in age. We were raising ourselves. Right. Was your mom was working? Oh, yeah, always working. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a fend-for-yourself situation, mm-hmm. which is great. And, you know, I love... I think back, and I'm so happy I turned out the way I did, and I love my parents, even though they are crazy and made mistakes, right. but, you know... But I wouldn't want to raise my kid. If I ever have a kid, I don't want to raise them the way I was raised. Right, right. What would you want to do differently? Um, I don't want, I mean, three kids. Yeah. Like, that's fucking insane. Yeah. Yeah, I I feel like, I feel like, and this is, I'm not saying anything bad about myself, but I feel like my siblings' lives would have been, and my parents would have been so much better if 
they only had two kids? Uh, well, okay, as long as you're not the one that should go. Yeah, I'm not saying I should have never been born or getting right. like, super depressed, but I right. know that like life would have been easier. And they maybe wouldn't have gotten divorced. Oh, really? Because it wouldn't have been as stressful. Like, yeah. The money thing was one thing they thought about all the time. But people choose to have, like, 12. I can't even no, imagine. No, I mean, crazy people. Crazy, frankly. yeah. But so, okay, so they got divorced when you were how? I was five. Okay. And my dad, you know, he like he could have fucking moved on and got another family and skipped town, but he moved across the street from our house. Okay. In an apartment, and, I, you know, we he was just always in our lives. Okay, so you weren't really raised by a single mom. No, bitch. no, single parents. Yes. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So, and so then you were in Irvine and you, and so you were kind of a crazy teen. That I know. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. So I saw your storytelling because some, I never really went to storytelling shows, which was weird when I had one. Yeah. And I should have been scouting talent. No, I get it though. It's I was just kind of over it. Yeah. I was really only into mine. Yeah. Frankly. No, I and, think that's um, totally fair. I don't think you need to have this, like, you know, the genre to have a show that you like doing. Yeah. I mean, I just, yeah, I didn't really know what I was doing. So I was just sort of playing it by ear. But somebody took me because they were friends with one of the girls who what did the show. What was it? Radio Picture Show? I can't. Okay. It was at The Virgil? Yeah. Lauren and Shauna. Yes. Shauna, she was friends. Shauna's a doll. Radio yeah. Picture Show. Such a great show. It was great. Yeah. I really liked it. I really liked you. And then Nick Thune was in. Yeah. Think it was, and he was great. He was great, too. Um, and so you talked about your crazy youth yeah. then. And that's how I know about it. Yeah. But I, don't, I have no memory. So. Well, so, you know, like, I don't know if this is what you went through, too, but, like, kindergarten through high school, same people the whole time. Uh-huh. Did you have Ish. that? Uh, it, we switched at uh, high school. Okay. Well, so I, you know, in elementary school, I was a nerd, I was an outcast, you know, and I'm not saying like, I'm a big geek, but right. you know, I was one of the, not one of the popular girls, got pantsed in fifth grade in front of everyone. Right. That's traumatic. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like I rebelled to not be seen as the person I was in elementary school. And I just fucking went off the deep end and just, I don't know, like I met some punk rockers, some better punks, and started hanging out with them. And mm -hmm. it was basically this group of everyone who didn't have a normal life. Mm -hmm. All the people who weren't wasps and all the people whose parents were somehow fucked up. And mm -hmm. it just kind of banded together. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And you were angry together? Um, just not, just, you know, rebellious. And like so bad kids yeah I was yeah they were bad kids I was just making really dumb you know decisions for myself like what I started doing drugs so young and I, I know I think back now it's purely out of you know hating myself and having zero confidence whatsoever to like think that I am worth enough to to make my own decisions and not care if these people like me or not right it's right. just so sad to me I think back to that person because I don't feel like that's me at all anymore I don't know. I, I think I just rebelled against social norms mm -hmm. so much and wanted to get so out of that mm -hmm. and rush to be, you know, autonomous and make my own decisions. Right. That I just made so many bad ones. And so how did the drugs start? Um, well, the, the kids I hung out with, you know, they would drink and smoke pot and every once in a while they'd be like, you know, acid or something like that. And then just met a girl who did that and did it with her and just started hanging out with the people who did that all the time and then I got caught with it in eighth grade in pot no with with meth meth okay so so one day so she's like I have this thing and did they call it meth then they called it speed it's speed. always called speed I yeah. didn't realize that like that's not yeah. synonymous with meth yeah yeah until I was older and I and then like I was dating someone and, and I said it as meth and he's like wait a second I thought you just like did like pills right speed pills no oh shit so it was so she, one day she's like, oh, I have this thing. It's really fun. Here, mm -hmm. do you want one? Mm-hmm. And so you took it, and what? Um, I felt amazing. Oh, you like, did. I, that's where the confidence came from. The first time in my life, I felt so good about life mm -hmm. and so happy. And, you know, we had gone to therapy. You know, I've been going to therapy since I was a kid. Yeah. I've taken antidepressants since I was a kid just because yeah. my whole friends and my family, we are all... We all have some sort of depressive anxiety disorder. Yeah. All yeah. of us. You're a Jew, right? Yes, I'm Me a Jew. Too. Yeah, so, yeah it's kind of just in the blood. I, exactly, and uh -huh. I don't think it's a big deal, and I'm not. You know, it's fine, but it's like, 
it suddenly fixed that. Yeah. In a way that like therapy and drugs never did or like. Right. Or yeah. So, so they don't, they do it slower. Right. You know. <laughs> right. Or more manageably and not. Yeah. Yeah. away your brain or whatever. So, okay. And so you started to, like, you started to get your own pills or how did you get them? It was, it was powder. Like I. Okay. Lines of, I can't, I can't believe it. And, and you know, it's weird to talk about and I'm, I'm like so not sure of how far I should go with it because I do have this cooking show and this like ah but no yeah. but, but at the same time like Anthony Bourdain can be an ex-heroin addict it's and I'm true I don't know if like I and I don't want to be ashamed of it and I yeah. don't want to be embarrassed or feel like I'm like promoting this drug culture right and I, you know I do have an issue with like men can do all these things they want to do and get away with it right and girls can't so right that's so interesting I just wonder how much I mean, and I'm not, I've never not talked about it. Yeah. But I mean, we don't have to go. No, no, no. Lots of other juicy stuff. I'm not saying we don't have to. I'm just saying when, when you think about that. Yeah. I'm not saying we don't have to at all. Yeah. That's interesting that you don't think about it that much. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, I don't look like a, I lost me the math poster. Like I clearly got over it. And the reason I talk about it is because I'm so, I can't fucking believe it. I'm so proud of myself. Yeah. Like the the amount of people who stop doing meth and move on and never do it again is very fucking low. And you also did it without having to get sober. Or I don't want to say having to get sober because I'm really happy I'm sober. But like you didn't do that. Yeah. No. Yeah. You know? It's just, I went to rehab. I got out. So how old were you when you went to rehab? I had my 14th birthday in rehab. Oh, wow. met my first boyfriend in rehab too right right um, where'd you go i went to it was called cpc santa Ana. it was in santa Ana. okay it's a little like dinky rehab right and your parents found it somehow? yeah yeah it was go sh- take her to rehab right now or she's getting arrested okay who said that a police officer okay and why did you say that why i got that? caught in junior high at my school with a little i had done all the drugs but I had like a straw and mm-hmm. a razor and the bindle on mm-hmm. me. And so they were like, this girl needs to go to rehab. And I also had eating disorder, mm-hmm. you know. Let's talk about that. How did that develop? Um, I mean, you know, the women in the fucking 80s hated their bodies yeah. so much. I heard that from my mom all the time. I'm so fat. I'm yeah. so gross. Always on some kind of diet. Yeah. Not to blame my mom about it. But that's another thing I would do with if I had a kid. Yeah. Have a healthy body image so that they don't go crazy and actually that's what I mean to jump ahead I dated a guy for five years I met in my early 20s and he had a 10 year old daughter mm-hmm. so for you know until she was 15 I had to be an example for her crucial years yeah too for that. so I made sure I mean I almost think that's how I got over this eating disorder and like eating like a normal person right and being healthy like that is to you know set an example for her that's so interesting. I will say, you know, because people, uh, I know a lot of people who are raised in, you know, with alcoholic parents and they say, they, they uh, most of them that I know say, oh, so I was never going to drink and then mm-hmm. I did at 20 and at all, the wheels fell off. Yeah. Um, or I know others who were like, they didn't, they drank so much, I decided not to and I never did. Yeah. And I feel like I was, there were so many eating disorders around me that it didn't, like my, my whole family is real weird about it, like real, like restrictive and we're all exercise addicts yeah and then all of my friends in high school were bulimic yeah and then i had a ballet teacher who who uh, that i went to she was so awful miss patterson if you're listening ballet is Judith like not the place name. to go to get like a healthy no image. and she used to we were all so skinny and she would put us on the scale <sighs> and be like in the middle of class she'd bring a scale in oh my god and then she would be like this is you have to lose weight Ugh, i know and so awful. i have ever, like so many disorders and i do not have that nor That's have great. i ever it's so weird because you see this person you're like you're a horrible person and this is your issue i don't want to be a horrible that's actually kind of why I quit meth too is I was like you guys are all really stupid right and I was you know I got introduced to Ray Bradbury that's what my story was about that is what it was about didn't you meet him yeah okay because I started a teacher in junior high gave me one of his books and was like could clearly tell that I had some issues Mm -hmm. and I love I've always loved reading and she gave me Ray Bradbury kind of on the sly and Mm -hmm. I started reading it and just fell in love and just decided, like, these people are so stupid. The ones I'm hanging out with, they're not intelligent. I just want to stay home and read all mm-hmm. day. And I didn't go, I didn't do well in school. I didn't, you know, mm-hmm. suddenly start doing well. I just stayed home and read a lot. And then, yeah, met him 
when I was 16 to kind of thank him. Oh yeah, how did that happen again? Um, he was uh, doing a lecture at the um, the UCLA Book Fair or the Festival of Books. I think yeah, every just year. And I happened to see it in the paper because that's because the internet wasn't a thing yet. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I had this amazing teacher named Mrs. Mercer, who she was just this great English teacher, and she helped me write a letter to him. And I wrote this long letter thanking him for everything he had done for me. And I went to their to the um, book fair by myself mm-hmm. and gave him the letter and he sent me a package two weeks later with like Zen and the Art of Writing which is his book and you know all these notes in it for me and it was just like oh my God. it was one of the most amazing days of my life wow and then I went and got my nipples pierced to commemorate it oh I kind of remember <laughs> that part yeah yeah why, why did you so were you still the rebel yeah like, I mean okay. at that point I was kind of a riot, like riot girly yeah so, which is I think so much more healthy than anything else because at least that the like that kind of the point of that is that you're proud of yourself and who you are because you're a badass woman right tell me about Riot I thought this missed I Riot Girl I mean I, lo- I just watched the movie the documentary The Punk Singer about Kathleen Hanna who was the lead singer of Bikini Kill it's mm-hmm. such a great such a great documentary um, it's just kind of well the best I ever heard and it's a lot of bands and zines and stuff but the best definition I ever heard of it was uh, if men were ever treated the way women were treated there would be a riot that's so Riot Girl is like I'm not dealing with this you know patriarchal society anymore right i can do these things myself i can be slutty if i want to be slutty but i'm but i'm also you know a fully formed woman and a badass right right and doing it consciously yeah i'm not i'm not giving it justice but that's yeah no that's okay that's good and um and so then you 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 went to rehab where they promoted like total abstinence of you know with drugs and alcohol or yeah and you know alcohol never wasn't a problem I didn't even drink really until in my I was in my 20s mm-hmm. um so that was never a problem but yeah just yeah I mean it was a straight up like you know hospital type rehab mm-hmm. where you everything was regulated mm-hmm. group therapy all this shit mm-hmm. and yeah don't do any and it was all you know teens and stuff and then did you get out and and uh feel enthusiastic about yeah, I mean, I started going to, you know, meetings, mm-hmm. and, and they were for young people, so that was really cool. And I also was like, oh, I have it so much better than these people, mm-hmm. like, I am so lucky, what the fuck am I doing? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was, I mean, I did start using again for a little while. Oh, you did? Yeah, but then I just quit on my own accord. Like, so still when you were a kid? Like 14, yeah, mm-hmm. and just for like couple more months mm-hmm. got into it but you know it wasn't fun it was I remember all the stories of these older girls that are like now fucked up and prostituting themselves right and I'm like I don't need to get to that point right let's not do that and so what was going on with the food and the eating then I mean that's just always been a thing for me is just not wanting to get fat and wanting to control my my intake and you know it's all about control and mm-hmm. and body issues and liking yourself or not liking yourself and I was this fucking skinny kid to begin with. Mm-hmm. But you know, I grew up in a family of fend for yourself for dinner, and it would just depress me to open the fridge and thought and think of like making food and dealing with that. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of. So you just didn't eat much. Yeah, I didn't eat much, and it wasn't like I'm anorexic. I want to get skinny, or you know, and I wasn't bulimic then very much. Mm-hmm. But it was just a. I, you know, I can't be bothered to eat. It's mm-hmm. depressing. I don't want to eat. Okay. So it was never like a conscious, like, I need to lose weight. And did you get really alarmingly thin? Yeah. You know, I just saw a photo from my bat mitzvah, actually, and I look like a 40-year-old woman in it. I am so thin. My eyes are sunken in. Like, I don't know how that was, except how anyone didn't look right. at me. And, and nobody said anything? I don't think so. No. The, the reason my mom knew is because I said to my sister, like, I think I have a problem. Will you tell mom? Because I don't want to tell her myself, but I know this is not good. Mm-hmm. And so she told her around the same time that the, you know, I got caught with drugs and. Right. And then they were like, just hoping this was, you know, this rehab thing. Was yeah. Her out. They added that in. Yeah. yeah. And my poor mom, like I want to, you know, that's part of the reason I stopped too, is this poor woman is working yeah. her ass off for three fucking kids. Yeah. Her life is not good. She doesn't have a partner, anyone, you know. Right. And I'm like, what am I causing her this problem for? You know. Yeah. So you were you don't you were never an addict, really. You just did an addictive substance enough to become addicted to it. You think? I don't know if I was even. I don't think I was an addict. I think I was addicted to this lifestyle, yeah. to this image, yeah, of being bad and hard and not getting 
you know, I, they, I stopped getting made fun of. I stopped getting teased. Right. Right. It worked on that level. And so in terms of the deeper issues that it was masking, what yeah. happened with those? I mean, I've been in therapy yeah. for so long. Yeah, me too. And it just, yeah, I love it. It just mm-hmm. slowly evolved to having self-confidence, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just the fucking key is, for me at least, mm-hmm. was not treating myself like shit because I liked myself enough not to do that. How did you stop doing that? God. I don't even... <sighs> so it wasn't like conscious, like, I'm going to do these things because they're going to help my self-esteem. No, I think it was the Riot girl thing. I think, you know, meeting other cool girls that were confident, older girls that were really confident, mm-hmm. and, you know, getting my own interests, like going to shows and bands and reading and mm-hmm. just, God, I don't even know. And Ray Bradbury. And Ray Bradbury. Mm-hmm. Like, I am really, honestly, like, look back at that time and I am like... Like, by the skin of my teeth, I got away from that, and I'm so fucking... I don't know exactly how I did it. I don't remember my thought process completely, but somehow I did it. And I'm like, thank God I had the wherewithal to, like, stop. And then I got into my 20s when everyone started doing coke and shit. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I got away scot-free. I'm so lucky. I'm not going to do this stuff. So you just didn't at all? No. And then... um, Wait, and so bulimia, you sort of mentioned that. Was that something that... Yeah. I, I have a very amiable gag reflex. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not good. Yeah, I mean, a- almost all of my friends yeah. do too. I hate throwing up. I, do I think you? it's more painful for me than it is for other people because I feel like I'm dying and want to go to the hospital. Wow. Which is, I think. That's good. And plus, someone told me in high school, oh, it doesn't work anyway. It really? I'm sure it doesn't. Then. No. Yeah. Oh my God, it's so horrible for you. Yeah. But I really enjoyed the, the uh, feeling of throwing yeah. up. I really enjoyed it. People love it. They they feel like all this tension. I mean, yeah. I have like a picking thing that is far grosser sure. than making yourself throw up. So I get <laughs> the endorphin yeah. release from something that is really gross. I mean, I hate to say this, but it's like popping a good zit. Oh, it's just this God, like just release. And look, it's been here for weeks. If I if I just left it alone, I thought that was a mall. So you're good. Okay, yeah, but it wasn't like that for a while. <laughs> Um, I thought chocolate on my face was a mole I'd never noticed yesterday. Oh my god! Like, look at that. It's kind of cool. Um, so yeah. So you. So you, would you feel like, oh my god, I'm stressed. I need a release, or was it just I'm fat? Well, here's the thing that my problem was with all of it is that I love food and eating, and I always have like mm-hmm. food. That's the weird part. Is I love going out to eat. I love a good meal. I love cooking. I always love cooking. Mm-hmm. But. So I would overindulge and just feel bad about it. And, and then it was an option. It was always like, well, then I can just do this. It was never like a, well, should I do it? Is this right. going to be a thing? It was just like, well, I'm going to go bar for a minute and I'll feel better. Do, would you tell your friends? Um, no. I, I mean, I knew it was gross. Mm-hmm. I always knew how gross it was. Mm-hmm. And now, you know. So it was just something I would kind of do alone. Mm-hmm. Not And not all the time. It was just kind of, it was almost like, like an indulgence for me like I'm home alone I'm gonna eat this great thing and then I'm gonna go barf and like that's my night in you know which is so fucking awful yeah I mean you know just like I mean I relate to it on that I remember being I mean this is different but I just remember one New Year's day where I was so hungover and I was walking and I was like I'm going to smoke a cigarette because it's going to make me feel nauseous and I was excited (laughs) about that it's like this little plan that you get that it's yeah it's weird. Even now, I'll, you know, it'll cross my mind. Like, I'll never do it again, but it suddenly I'll be like, oh, that's an option. Mm-hmm. And I, I know it's not, and I know how to quell that now, but mm-hmm. it, it is this initial, like, oh, well, I can just barf. Yeah. And it'll be fine. Yeah. That's so weird. So that I have to make sure that I, I don't Yeah. Know. And that, you know, um, it, yeah, I, I do have um, a girl I know who was put on medication that actually Prozac like helped stop that weird yeah. weird I'd never heard of that well it's an urge you know it's like this unhealthy urge to to I mean really to harm yourself yeah I mean when I quit smoking I remember people saying um the urge passes whether you smoke or not huh 
and in an urge only last five minutes. Yeah. I, don't, I think they made up the five minutes. Thing, yeah. But I, I experienced that where I was like, I need a cigarette, I need a cigarette. And then. Well, when you have this option it. in your head to do something, yeah, yeah, if you wait a few minutes, like, and let it pass and think of something else, I feel like I it can help. But I know from resisting food that I want at times, like, that that the urge can go, but it yeah. comes back. It can come back. Well, I'm really, really uh, aware. The food thing now, I mean, I of course I'm in the food world. Yeah. So I have to be. Super conscious. Yeah, but at the same time, like, I don't want to restrict myself. I really still, like, yeah. eating food and making good meals and having a great meal with people that I love, like, that's one of my fucking favorite experiences. Right. So I don't want, I don't want to have issues around that. Yeah, yeah. So I make sure, like, I, I don't ever have, a, like, I don't eat bread, I don't eat carbs, I don't ever do that. I just won't overdo it so I don't feel like shit about myself. And I still overdo it all the time. Right, right. But I think that I have seems a, healthy. Yeah, I have a healthy enough body image now yeah. that I don't, I don't care. Did you ever overdo the exercise thing? Never did that. You skipped that one? <laughs> yeah, that was, I mean, I guess in high school I did some weightlifting classes and stuff mm-hmm. and some aerobics, but, and I, that was probably part of that, but it was never obsessive, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. And you never smoke cigarettes? I smoked cigarettes, but I never really liked them. It was uh-huh. an image yeah. thing. Yeah. Marble Reds in high school. Yeah, those are some harsh cigarettes. That's so gross. I, those are, I was a Camel Lights person. Really? And, yeah, yeah, so I remember smoking Reds and feeling, make no mistake, super cool. Oh, the best, the coolest. But sick. But out of your mind, like you want to barf. Yeah, yeah. I, I, even, you know, and now and then I'll take a drag of a cigarette, but if I smoke a whole cigarette, I'll get nauseous. Yeah, easily. yeah, I'm sure I would. Yeah. And so, and so then you came into yourself in your twenties, mm-hmm. basically, mm-hmm. and then you were working at a at a real estate agency. Is that what happened? No, I was working at a court reporting agency. Oh, I feel like that's been miswritten in stories I've read. A real estate agency. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I was working at yeah a. It wasn't even a real estate. It was like a, like a giant conglomerate like we own buildings and right. complexes everywhere. Like the big scary man. Thing. Yeah, the man capital. The man, yeah. And so, how, and so, how did you go? Like, how did that happen? I moved back to LA after my five-year relationship. What didn't know what the fuck to do with myself. You know, got a job there, and and luckily I didn't have to do much. So I started writing a blog, and I started writing like food articles around town, and mm-hmm. and uh, I had become friends with Allie, and yeah. she was a journalist, so. And so you guys were just introduced, or you met outside a bar, yeah. where one of you was peeing. I was peeing in a bush. Yeah. We had a really close mutual friend who saw me and waved. I mean, that's just how I am. I'm just yeah. no shame. And, yeah. You know, a little shame, but right. not a lot. And I was in my 20s, so yeah. very little. Normal behavior. Right, 20s, right. So. And then, you know, we just, we met, and it, it was so, I had just moved back, and meeting new girlfriends after a relationship is yeah. so fucking hard. Yeah. So I just went out on a limb and was like, hey, do you want to go out with me sometime? That night. Uh, no, I my MySpace message her. Uh, great, great. <laughs> I love putting us at a time in this place. Yeah, and so we just you know went on a friend date and mm-hmm. and just started hanging out all the time. And I mean, because that was the thing when I was like obsessively listening to your podcast, I was like, they don't have fights the way I must. I yes, have we oh, with yeah. my no. no, but like the brutal ones where you don't like speak to each other. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We you have do? we have the worst fights you can ever imagine. I mean, because those must be scary. Because when you go, oh, I can never speak to her again. It's like, no, our lives are so intertwined. It's terrible. I mean, in the beginning, they were really bad and hurtful. But then I, you know, we've learned how to communicate better. And yeah, like you, you are gonna have to talk again. Yeah. So don't say shit that you're gonna have to come back and like feel horrible about and apologize for. Right you know, just walk away. So we have huge fights and not as many anymore, but you know, yeah, we have to keep talking and be friends. Yeah. So be careful and don't say terrible things. And you know, she's a good person. I like her a lot and I don't, and I, I have a, like a big emotional wall up and I have a really hard time being vulnerable and she needs that from me to be vulnerable. So I've had to learn kind of how to, how to not be a dude about it. Yeah. I relate to that. Yeah. Um, do you guys, have you ever been to therapy together? Yep. She came with me to my therapist. That's amazing. I had an amazing therapist and it was like, we had gotten in our biggest fight ever. Mm-hmm. And we had, and then, and then during the time of not talking, we found out we got our TV show. Oh wow. So we were like, well, we have to go to therapy. Yeah. You just one session? She came once. Yeah. And I mean, it went well. Mm-hmm. 
but I, I think for her it was like, well, this this woman, this therapist, knows me so well. I know that's why it's great that she was willing I know. to do it with like someone on quote your side. Yeah, and I think she I think she felt like worried that she was going to get ganged up upon. Yeah, um, but I ended up apologizing for some shit that I did. And yeah, I think it went well. And so, and so, yeah, so then you guys became friends. She was working at the LA Times Mm -hmm. and you basically kind of in a jokey way said Mm -hmm. we should make this disgusting drink. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we created this like inside joke drink between the two of us. That was, we wanted dinner, dessert, and booze in one cocktail. Yeah. So we invented the McNuggetini. Because we were like in our 20s, single girls, running around all the time. We wanted right. something quick, and that was our inside joke. And so at the end of the day, I'd be like, oh, I need a McNuggetini. So you made them regularly? No, we never made it. It was okay. just a joke. Okay. We never made it. And then as like, then you did make it, and you filmed it. Yeah. yeah. Just like some friend. We, our friend Peter Tensio, he's the director for Key and Peele. Okay. I know him. He's a great guy. At the time, he was just like, you know, doing whatever. We asked him to film it for us. Came to my grandma's house filmed it in my grandma's kitchen Mm -hmm. and our best vintage dresses yeah just as a joke right in a day and put it up on youtube and how do people find it you know what at the time there was this blog called this is why you're fat oh yes 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 and richard blakely right and they put it up so he just randomly saw it on youtube i was friends with them and then we were on tumblr together okay or we were just like tumblr friends yeah and they saw it and yeah put it up and then what happened? It just kept going. And then we got an email, a Facebook friend. We would just, we would G-chat all day. Yeah. About joking about having um, a, a travel show. Right. Cunts and Countries, I think, would be a great name. Or Bitches Abroad. That should be a thing. Mm-hmm. Just as a fucking joke. And then we were both like, hey, did you get a Facebook message from someone saying they're like, they're a, like an exec at the cooking channel or a food network? And we thought he was a creep and it was a joke. And then we looked him up and it was real. Yeah. And then we got the email of the guy who wanted to put us in the um, New York Times as a, like, can these girls really make it off this one video? Wow. And so we were like, let's go to New York and meet the fucking cooking channel okay. guy and meet and get the story written about us. Yeah. And then what happened? And then Food Network were like, can you guys make real videos that are, like, are, can you make these for real for the web? Mm-hmm. So we made... Uh, was it 10 web videos called Drinks with Ali in Georgia just in Ali's apartment mm-hmm. and that went really well and then we made you know another web series called Classy Ladies mm-hmm. out and about and in the kitchen and then we got our show I mean it's insane and the show's been on for how long well we had six episodes of the show called Tripping Out with Ali and Georgia where we went and had fun adventures in different cities and then came home and threw a party for our friends based on our oh, that's so ideal it was amazing yeah. but they wanted to make some changes to it that we weren't really happy with mm-hmm. so we pitched this other show instead called Surprise Party mm-hmm. so that's we just made a pilot for it oh great and so we're waiting to hear if we get more okay, okay. and we're also on the show Unique Sweets on cooking channel we get to fly around the country and eat sweets what? and desserts and then talk about it on camera it's like best week ever for desserts oh my god it's fr- i can't even believe where it. have you been and what desserts have you had we've been everywhere and eaten everything we did the corona thing oh my god i've eaten i've never had one it's fine it's a donut a little sorry yeah. yeah um yeah i've eaten more donuts than anyone probably has or wow. should right but you only eat one for the thing or do they do multiple takes and you have to they don't even film us eating we just go to eat them and take notes and then go to new york to talk about them somehow that's my job yeah wow yeah so how often are you guys on that uh we're on that they it's about to start shooting it was the number one show on cooking channel last season and so we're about to start shooting again so we've been on that for like three seasons now amazing it's such a great job and then and then you when did you start the podcast we started the podcast about a year ago, um, Dustin Marshall, the guy who's, who mm-hmm. does Feral Audio Sauce at Meltdown, do some kind of sh- like bit and asked us if we wanted to do a podcast. We had this idea for Slumber Party, and he was like, mm-hmm. hell yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we've been doing that. It's is, 30, is it every week? We try to do it every week. Yeah. It's 37 episodes of it, and we started doing live episodes. And yeah, they're like going well. That. Yeah. And so I think we're going to start doing that like once a month. That's so, because then you get the rush of... <sighs> Great. you know an audience yeah and he arranged that for you is that no we just like signed with these managers at leg and uh-huh. they are the coolest people and they 
were like, you guys should do this live and set it all up at the improv. Amazing. I, I, it's like such a thrill. I can't believe that I'm, I'm doing a show at the improv. Like what? That's yeah. so fucking crazy. But now, I mean, but then, so you supposedly had no aspirations of like being, you know, like a media person or no I mean I love I love writing like my thought was like I'm gonna write a book of short stories about my fucked up crazy like meth head childhood yeah crazy stuff yeah um and you know I have always been friends with comedians and just hung out with them as friends because they're cool people and I like going to comedy shows but we I never thought I you know I never did stand up or anything mm-hmm. like that so you know it kind of it's we're in the food world where the comedy girls and the comedy world where the food girls right so it just kind of I like being the comedy girls better. Oh, you do? Yeah. I mean, in the, you know. Yeah, being, like, being able to. I mean, and that's sort of my concept for this podcast is it's, like, um, there are a lot of ways to be dark talking about issues. Yeah. And there there are podcasts that do that. And it's sort of in my site, too. It's like walking a fine line because these are life-threatening issues. But I don't want it to be scary or I want it to show that, like, you can get through these things and and not, you know, spend the rest of your life tortured by them. I I love that because I don't think that it's these things to get... You know, super depressed. I mean, if you have these crazy issues currently, yeah, like yeah. you have some shit to slog through before you get to a point where you can talk about it, yeah, candidly and with you know a bit of humor, right? But it doesn't have to be. You know, I, I want to talk about those things because I got over it and I'm better than you know I could ever imagine. Yeah, and I think it's ironic and funny and and humorous and how lucky I am and yeah. like what a little shithead I was. I mean, yeah, I'm in awe that I, that somehow 14-year-old Georgia figured shit out. Yeah. And, yeah. And so what would you say to people who are, who maybe even have kids that are like that in that age or going through that themselves? Oh, my God. I think, I think it really comes down to self-respect and liking, treating yourself, you know, the way you would treat your friends, which isn't you know ruining them and ruining their their bodies and their brains i mean but how do you do that if you don't inherently know how to do that lots of therapy yeah and i'm with the right therapist too yeah right therapist and medication i mean i'm i'm such a huge advocate of therapy and i'm shocked when people are like you know therapy and, and medication is yeah is means i'm weak yeah i'm a big fan of the meds too. me too like what are you on i'm on wellbutrin and lexapro uh-huh like i have a fucking chemical imbalance yeah me that too. i have you know that's just how it is yeah. i have crazy anxiety because of my genes because of you know the life i've led because uh, nothing that's your fault right i know i know i do think that the people who talk about that just simply have never felt what people with chemical imbalances feel yeah because if you did you would never talk but, about it in you know as something that's weak or that's a choice but they, they, people think that their personality is going to change completely and i'm like well good because you shouldn't live your life right you, you don't change completely you just have a you know a positive outlook or a chance to have a positive outlook. yeah you i feel like you get you get to this you get to the beginning of the race yeah least, exactly you know? and the amount the anxiety and depression that i have without this stuff is is crippling. What's the fucking point of, of making myself go through that? It's yeah. almost like you're a martyr. Like you don't want to, you know. And then there's the people who, who are terrified that if they do get to the beginning of the race, they're gonna suck at the race. And so it's better to fall back on the fact that like I'm depressed and I'm I have anxiety than like have that out of their way so they can actually live their life. Yeah, I do not understand that. I mean, it's funny. I was just it's not funny. I was recently talking to my therapist about how what I have a friend who just went completely MIA and she was oh saying um, you know she would text periodically and say I'm just really going through it I'm really depressed and I didn't really understand that because when I get depressed I get needier than ever oh, yeah. I do not go into the black hole and you know binge watch TV hmm. I need to be out of my apartment and I need people and like and and it feels scary because yeah. I, I don't like being that way yeah. Um, and the, and well, my first 
my first instinct is to like lock myself up and watch like true crime shows all day. But I know and like you know. Oh yeah, you're the one who loves yeah, true crime and like okay. read about the Holocaust and shit because right. it's like I want to be deep in the shit. But I, I know I am aware that that is a trigger for me, and if I'm doing that, it's because something's wrong. So right. I need to get out and talk to friends or you know do something for myself. See, I, I, you know, and I do think it's a little bit about my, like, throwing up thing. It's like, I, I feel like I, I won't survive it. I don't feel like I can withstand it. You know, to me, yeah. also, like, addiction is sort of like, I can't stand how I feel. I gotta change how I feel yeah. right now. And that's how I feel when I'm depressed. Yeah. I literally can't take it. It's that's, too much. That's good that you're aware of that and know what to do to fix it. Yeah, I mean, but uh, yeah, it, it, I just don't understand letting it linger with days of TV watching. I sometimes I get it because sometimes when I'm depressed, it feels good to fucking sit and wallow in it. I do not understand that. Really? Yeah. I wish I, I wish it didn't, and I don't do it anymore because I know it's not good for me. Right. And I feel worse afterwards. But there's something, and I think that's a lot of people, you know, not taking medication too, is it's sometimes like you, you identify so much with the depression and it's, it's like, it's nice to, it's like a pig in mud. It's just like, it feels good. It feels sticky and you can, you can stay there and you don't have to try. You don't have to try and do anything because you're depressed quote, you know? I fucking know. And, and, you know, my mom was, and I grew up with a very depressed mom. Yeah. And, and so napping, like, you know, I remember her just not wanting to get out of bed all day. So I know when I take a nap, it's because shit's. It's never because you're tired? It's because I'm tired because I can't fucking sleep at night because I have anxiety because my brain is, will not stop thinking and thinking and thinking. And that's another problem, you know? Right. It's just this cycle. So how did you get on the meds and when did that happen? I started taking meds when I was like 13 mm-hmm. on like just Prozac mm-hmm. or whatever. Did that work? Yeah. Shit's worked for me. Prozac mm-hmm. and Zoloft, you know, here and there. Mm-hmm. So why'd you get on this combo? Uh, it's been a while. I mean, the, the Wellbutrin, I was off meds for a while and then I realized like I was on the train in San Francisco and there was some guy like down the other side of the train doing something that annoyed me and I was so fucking pissed about it. And wow. so angry. I get that. I get that a yeah, lot. like yeah. that's not healthy for you. Yeah, it doesn't fucking matter what that person is doing. Yeah, and I have to. I you know I got on Wellbutrin and that helped a lot, but I still have to be like, let go. It's okay if yeah. that person's doing a shitty thing. It has nothing to do with you. Yeah. And I do think remembering for me, I'm just so sensitive to annoying noises. Uh-huh. Remembering that it's it's chemi- it's biochemical yeah. in my brain. Yeah, it's not their fault. That's actually a, a thing that's helped Allie and I get along better is me letting the fuck go and like right. not, con- I'm such a control freak. Like us driving together right. is a fucking crazy trigger. But what about if you drive? I am a crazy driver. Oh, you are? I am just like a race car, and, like, and I'm good at it. Right, me too. You know? But yeah, I'm, but it scares people. But it scares people. Yeah, yeah. That's so <laughs> I, yeah, I need to just let go of things and be like, we'll, you know, when she's driving, we'll get there no matter right, what. Right, And you, so you being obsessed, upset about it is going to cause you to get in a fight with each other. Right. So stop it. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I get that. Um, and yeah, and the meds thing is really weird because I do think in our society, we do feel ashamed because I felt ashamed before anybody shamed me about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I just thought um, people who don't need this are better. Oh my God, fuck that. No. I know. No. That's what I thought. Are there people who don't need it? I don't think there are people who don't need it. I mean, I think there are. My friend and I, who, who um, I, you know, I've had a friend since I was 12. So we, you know, sort of have analyzed these issues mm-hmm. to death and, you know, because she especially hangs out with people who are, uh, who are happy. Normal. They're normal. Yeah. Oh my God. Who just like have very not exciting lives and I can't even understand that. fine with that. Isn't it weird that we have just like surrounded ourselves with people who are like neurotic kind of? Yeah, but I find, I, I've met her friends like that and they are hard. I think they're so dumb, <laughs> you know? And I do think that that's a part of it. Like yeah. being smart is overrated in a way because... There have been moments where I'm like, wouldn't it just be great if I were happy to move to the suburbs, get a husband and have children? How that's fucking nice. your dream. Oh, that you know? Oh my I wanted God. that. Oh, it not so such a, easy. Oh, by the way, so you, you had a girlfriend. I just was going to say not mention being a lesbian so mm-hmm. always sounds easier right no well no really did I, you know there's this thing online about it what 
Oh my god, oh, I have my computer. What is it? Well, okay, did you ever have a relationship where you shared custody of a dog? Oh my fucking god, no, but here's the thing. Who is that guy? Oh my god, this fucking guy. Okay, my friend had a, had a blog called Deal Breakers, uh-huh. right? And he asked me to write a guest post. Like, what is a basic deal breaker for yeah. you? And I wrote that a person who has shared custody with a dog... Of a dog. Of a dog with their ex is like, that's a deal breaker. Because clearly you're still attached in some way and you're making the dog the excuse. Right, right, right. I feel like you've said that on your podcast. Yeah, and that's my... Th- theory and I'm not going to argue with someone about it because I don't care about it that much to right. like, argue it's not that big of a deal and this guy <laughs> thought you said it I did say it but he took so much offense that he wrote this crazy no but what he wrote what was he... what he wrote because I just read it this morning was that you are the one who said I shared custody with a girlfriend what? <laughs> and um, and I don't see that dog anymore and his his rage is about it's not rage yeah is about how you abandon a dog. Whoa, I I, I hadn't I didn't know. I'm this. so sorry that I am telling you. No, this. I'm so glad you are because oh my god, that's I mean I don't give a shit if people think that I had a girlfriend. Yeah, but I didn't. I've right. never had a girlfriend. Right. So that's just weird. But yeah, the, yeah. is it like is his name like Attackerman or something like that? Should we look? Right yeah, now? let's look and call this person out. Yeah, because the guy who wrote the guy who responded who ran the Deal Breaker blog did say that that he and a girlfriend had shared custody or something like that. Okay. What does it say? It says. Let me see. Wait. No, it's see. really harsh. It's I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Yeah, it's Attackerman. Yeah. And you know what sucks about that thing? Yeah. Okay, so this happened like it's like 2010 or something, right? Um, it was 2009. Okay. So this happened in 2009. Yeah. But for some reason, his headline is so harsh that whenever people see it, when they Google Georgia Hardstrike, yeah. they click on it, so yeah. it stays up there. Oh, wow. This piece of shit. How do I fucking fix that? I mean, could you write him and say, I think you misunderstood what I wrote, but his yeah. whole thing is it clearly attacking people. And clearly, clearly he... Has other issues. Has issues. Yeah. And me, like, fighting him about it is yeah. going to be... It's, yeah. He's not going to be like, okay, cool. Right. I, I, I don't right. care. And, you know, that's a part of, I think, part of growing yeah. and, and being and being a confident person is really not, and I try so hard, and it is a trying thing. Not yeah. shit what people think about you. It's true. It's true. I mean, and the thing that's kind of funny about his harsh headline is you read it and you're like, let's just say you had had a girlfriend yeah. and you had to see the dog and you didn't see the dog anymore. Like, yeah. Really, that's not that bad clearly and clearly and he says like i share custody with my ex my girlfriend's dog blah blah blah. clearly you have fucking issues about it then you just prove my point right you know what the fuck ever yeah you know like people online are so mean we we were on this james bond podcast where you talk about the movies and you Mm -hmm. discuss it and Allie and i thought james bond was sexist and kind of not a good movie right and we got just the meanest comments what would they what are they i mean calling us cunts we've been said those girls should get raped it's just insane yeah i know it's really it's really really brutal i i i've gotten so much of it and i'm sure because you are because you're a strong woman and it terrifies the people who would write comments like that yeah, I mean, I it's definitely unfortunately because I was on TV and I'm not anymore. Yeah. Like, it, the reason it slowed down is I'm not as visible. But like, so yeah. it does it legitimately does not happen as much. But it used to be so hard for me, and now I re- I really can honestly say I don't care. Yeah, it's not nice to not give a shit. Yeah, a, a huge relief. I mean, I remember the first time I ever saw it. I. Like, I was away with a friend in Ojai at this most charming little mm-hmm. bed and breakfast, and the weekend was ruined. Because oh I saw God. it, you know, and I cried, and... and it's, it's really mean and shitty and bad, but those people don't know you. The loudest people are the biggest assholes, usually. Yeah. So you're not reading the good reviews. They're not oh, they telling you that yeah. they like you, because those people don't wouldn't cross their minds to tell you what they think of you because you shouldn't care. And then, like, you know, a bad photo of me goes, goes up. Like, right. instead of being like... I'm so ugly, I can be like, that's a bad photo of me. Right. That's right. not what I look like. Yeah. Or that's what I look like and it's okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. From that particular. Right. We all take bad photos. Yeah. And know? struggling to be like, you know, Allie is clearly beautiful and the pretty one. And so. Oh, that's ludicrous. That is so ludicrous. Well, I feel like the cute one. 
Oh my god! The cute Jewy one. Wow. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna like. I know that you love yourself now, but yeah. I'm gonna attack you on that. I don't. I think you guys are both beautiful, Thank you. and that's it's just not even like a debatable point. I appreciate that. Thank you. I mean, I'm st- I'm actually surprised that you would even say <laughs> such a thing. Honestly. Okay. Yeah, that probably is still an issue for me that I need to know. Um, but I mean, I get it because it's like, you know, I mean, I feel like that is, that is how people like raise children is like, oh, well, she's the blah, 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 Mm -hmm. and she's the smart one Mm -hmm. and he's the, you know, and it's like, well, what I know to be true about life is that we're all a mixture of many, many things, you know? And so none of us are just the anything. Yeah, no, totally. That's very, you know, that's a very good point. And I'm. I feel good that I, you called me out on that because that is like, well, that's a fucking contradiction. It's just interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, and, and I mean, I think what's also notable about you guys is how similar you are. And you would think that 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 would be too much for two people to be. So that's what I kind of love about you guys. It's like I said, I couldn't tell you apart on the podcast. That's so weird because we think of ourselves as fucking polar opposites. Oh, I mean, maybe your interest, but you know, yeah. how, like that's what kind of like, what, you know, if you read articles about like, you know, what makes a strong marriage? And people think that it's if they have the same interests. Yeah. And the truth is that doesn't have anything to do with yeah. anything. And then this thing with Allie is basically a marriage. Yeah. Like, we share a credit card. What? Oh, because you have to do <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. So, and you share a website. We share a website. We share a an Twitter email. account. And an email. Well, she's on Twitter alone. Yeah. But you're not. I just never... I don't care. That surprised me about you. Really? Yeah. I, I don't care. And then by the time I like maybe would care, yeah, it's too late. late. I don't give a shit. I don't yeah. need to do that. I don't need to worry about, you know, have anxiety about not updating yet another thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm addicted to it. So it's, that doesn't. I get know. it. I'm kind of addicted to Instagram and I hate it. Yeah. You're into the Instagram. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I don't get in. Uh, I mean, I do it when I don't get into it. Yeah. I'm just addicted to the validation in super unhealthy ways. I get that. That's yeah. I get that. And literally, like, I post something, and then I check back five minutes later. I posted this video on YouTube recently, just my own, which is, like, I don't do. Mm-hmm. And I've been fucking constantly checking it to see how many views it has, which, and the comments, which I never do, because it's me alone. And I never do that kind of thing alone right. anymore. Right. Like, I'll write alone, and I'll do storytelling stuff alone. Right. But, like, a video, I don't. I don't do alone. It's so strange. And then, yeah. And then we think that these strangers are going to, that I I give strangers opinions more importance than the opinions of the people that like know and love me. I just keep thinking like when I look at this stuff and care about this stuff so much and spent like, you know, four hours looking at Facebook stuff. Yeah. My God, the end days are going to come so probably soon. And what a waste of time we're, I know. Oh, God. I know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I know. I know. And, like, I'm sure there are people who do it in a healthy way, but I do think our society is making us... That that whole thing is making us sicker and sicker and yeah, sicker. Yeah. Like, you know? I mean, even though I had one and I loved it, like, blogs and Pinterests and everyone, like, comparing themselves to each other and showing how fucking charming their lives are I and know. doing things just to take Instagram photos of it I at, like, know. parties I and know. show people how great their lives are. I know. When really they're, you know, miserable. miserable. Inside. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. <sighs> Life is not what it looks like it is on Facebook. No. No. Um... But so, okay, well, so I think I, I've asked everything. Is there anything that you want to, like, say hmm. to all the listeners? I, um, um I don't, oh. Just wear sunscreen. <laughs> That's what Baz Luhrmann says. Yeah? In a song. Really? He, I Maybe I'm getting this mixed up, but I feel like he has a song. No, he gave a speech. You have to look this up. Okay. Like, he gave, a, like, a graduation speech somewhere and then someone put it to song maybe he did i love it and it's called wear sunscreen that's brilliant yeah he's right but i mean i guess yeah really don't i mean just take care of yourself you know what be gentle with yourself yeah i think that's a really good way to live is just treat yourself with care yeah gentleness and don't be so fucking hard on yourself yeah and like if yeah if you notice you're talking horribly to yourself think if if i had a child a six-year-old child would i ever call this child stupid fat all of these things that like i might call myself and you know what like it's okay like i think for the rest of my life i'm gonna have to call myself out on my thoughts like that's just a thing that i'm gonna have to be like no no don't think that you know which i do all the time right but it's that's okay, and you you need to do that constantly, and it becomes that becomes habit. Yeah, and you change your brain chemistry. Yeah, you really can. Definitely. So who knows if you're gonna have to do that for the rest right. of your life? You know, yeah. today 
It's you definitely do. been a thing. You know, my therapist made me do that, and it's been a thing that's I've, I've done, and now it's yeah part of it where I don't yeah. think that way, and if I do. I just remind myself to go back on track. Yeah, yeah. Well, this was so charming. Oh my god! Lovely. I hope this was okay. Thank you for having me. No, it was it was fabulous. It was super fun. And where so people can find you um, on the, the Twitter at, at Allie and Georgia. Yeah, A L I E and Georgia. Was there ever a fight about whose name goes first? No, just worked better with Allie and Georgia. Yeah, alphabetical. Uh, yeah. And um, and you're on Tumblr. I'm on. We're on Tumblr, Allie and Georgia. I'm on it myself, but I don't really go to it. Um, but we're on Facebook, and I'm on Instagram as Hard Stark. Uh huh. And and like her YouTube video of her by herself. Oh, it's really you. important. Okay, you guys. <laughs> and Slumber Party Podcast. Slumber Party Podcast. Please, it is a must Thank listen. You. you better be on it. Will you come in the TV? I would die to. I feel like you guys have a lot of like YouTube stars, though. We're friends with some of those people, like Grace Helbig and all. That, and you know, oh, yeah, so yeah, they've yeah. come in and and done that. But mostly, it's our like friends and comedy. Uh, my favorite like thing a guest of yours ever said because I think about it actually every day oh, yeah, was I don't know who it was, but she talked about going to like the Mac store, and the person was like selling her something and she goes yeah the 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 saleswoman said mm-hmm. when i'm when i'm gonna do nothing for my face i'll just put this on and the and the guest was like this thing that i've never heard of is like what this woman does yeah it's like do you remember that i think it was probably mamory heart might have been maybe, maybe. Um, yeah, no, I yeah. die to come in the TV yes, any please. day. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, and thank you just so much for doing this. You, you know, I've wanted to have you on it for a while. I so. really appreciate you having me. Okay, it was so fun. <laughs>